Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to that home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To that land where joy will never end I'll fly away I'll fly away, oh glory I'll fly away When I die, hallelujah, by and by I'll fly away Oh, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away in the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 14 through 46. Let's take a brief overview of some of what we'll be reading about here today in the New Testament. Now, why would Judas want to betray Jesus? Judas, like the other disciples, expected Jesus to start a political rebellion and overthrow Rome. As treasurer, Judas certainly assumed, as did the other disciples, that he would be given an important position in Jesus' new government. But when Jesus praised Mary for pouring out perfume worth a year's salary, Judas may have realized that Jesus' kingdom was not physical or political, but spiritual. Now, in Jesus' time, some food was eaten from a common bowl into which everyone dipped their hand. Each name we use for this sacrament brings out a different dimension to it. It is the Lord's Supper because it commemorates the Passover meal. Jesus ate with his disciples. It is the Eucharist, that is Thanksgiving, because in it we thank God for Christ's work for us. It is communion, because through it we commune with God and with other believers. As we eat the bread and drink the wine, we should be quietly reflective as we recall Jesus' death and his promise to come again, grateful for God's wonderful gift to us, and joyful as we meet with Christ and the body of believers. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. February 9th, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 46. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. 
on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, he told them, you will see a certain man. Tell him, The teacher says, My time has come, and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them, and prepared the Passover meal there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve disciples. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one, Lord? He replied, One of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago, but how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, You have said it. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight, all of you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. 
Psalm 31, verses 19 through 24. When was the last time you prayed and you just were telling God how good He was? We even have many songs today that talk about the goodness of God by many well-known artists. And when was the last time you understood that He stores up tremendous blessings for us when we praise Him and just tell Him how good and loving and kind He is? And we'll also read here today that uh, He loves to lavish His grace on such people. We're told, of course, and we understand that God inhabits the praises of His people. And then there's a proclamation to just love the Lord. Everyone who is godly, who loves the Lord, just let it come from your heart from the deep places. Because when you do that, we're told here in Scripture today that He protects those who are loyal to Him. And then we're told, because God gives us His grace to do this, to be strong and courageous. And we are to put our hope in Him. And it's not a hope-so kind of hope, you know, the kind of hope that the world has. But this hope the Bible speaks of is a sure and steadfast hope. Psalm 31, verses 19 through 24. How great is the goodness you've stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for He has shown me the wonders of His unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. In panic I cried out, I am cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to Him, but He harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 14 through 26. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. The Lord formed me from the beginning, before He created anything else. I was appointed in ages past. At the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth from their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills. I was born before He had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil.
Let me walk upon the waters where 
Hey guys, this is Joey Taylor, phasing up to phase three today. Um, just a short little testimony to tell you guys. Um, when I came into the farm this time, um, I mean, I was pretty lost. I was not sure how I felt between my relationship with God and just how things were going in my life. I felt like I was blaming a lot on him for the things that had gone wrong and just while I was down there the the curriculum and the leaders that are around even through second phase Doug Crescencio Thuggy Phil um uh, they just brought me to a place of of just peace with the Lord and the Lord has just shown himself to me in so many ways with family restoration and just clarity of mind, knowing where I want to be, having hopes for my future for once, my child, my son just loving me again and wanting to hear from me when I call and can't wait to see me just complete and utter restoration spiritually, physically, and mentally. And I just encourage all of you to, to just press in because you you do the work and God will work with you. So I love you all. Thank you. Everyone, this is Mike Wells, Pastor First Phase. I'm going to be reading out of the One Year Heaven on Earth devotional. And today's title uh, of the devotion is The Assignment. And I'm going to be reading Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Genesis 1.28. And it goes on in the devotion to say, We had it all. A beautiful garden. A sweet assignment. Innocent relationships. And a tangible connection with God himself. Then we lost it all. That's the story of the human race, 
and more specifically of our first parents. We like to think we might have handled things differently, but we know it isn't true. Sooner or later, we would have made the same mistake and squandered the privilege we had been given. Part of that privilege was ruling the earth in partnership with God. It was His, to be sure, but He gave humanity stewardship over it. We were responsible. In this original commission, not only were we placed at the top of the created order, but we were also given mastery over wildlife and agriculture. The implication is that we were to spread God's order and government in all the places that were still untamed. We were kingdom representatives. Even when there was no anti-kingdom on this planet and rebellion against him, we were divinely appointed agents of his will. Something terrible happened in the fall. In some mysterious sense, we handed some aspect of our God-given authority over to his vicious enemy. The world was still his, and we were still his agents, but we partnered with the unkingdom, the hostile uprising against him. We recklessly pointed our res- responsibilities in the wrong direction. However, Jesus won the keys of the kingdom back and gave them to his followers. We haven't used them nearly as often as we could or should, but we still have them. By faith, we can implement the divine will in chaotic and forbidding surroundings. That's our kingdom calling, whether we realize it or not. It isn't simply to hang on until he comes. It's to be agents of his government even now. We tell the good news of the coming king. We demonstrate his nature and we become good news to a ravaged, alienated world. And for additional reading, um, I want to challenge you to read Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And here's a quote from Alistair McGrath. God is able to recover this image through grace as we are conformed to Christ. Today, I want to challenge you to be kingdom representatives. I want to challenge us all to represent uh, Christ in everything we do. No matter if we're in the job site, no matter if we're um, in the house or wherever we're at, grocery store, um, church, uh, everyday life period, we are to be kingdom representatives. And not only that, we're just not only to represent But we're really called to take territory for Jesus Christ, meaning that no matter where we go, we are representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That every example that we give is it giving Christ. Every person we connect with, are we connecting uh, to give the gospel, the good news? Are we being that example to the world? And especially in our neighborhoods, in our communities, Um, We are challenged not to just go day by day uh, in a routine, go to work, go to this, go to that. Um, God has strategically placed us where we are at this very moment for a very reason, and that is to bring his kingdom um, 
of heaven here on earth and we are his representatives we are his agents so let's be change agents today transforming our culture to be more like christ bringing christ in the darkest areas of this world so be encouraged be challenged be kingdom representatives god bless you all
when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. This concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.